Wake up in the morning, I don't got no worries Cause it's a beautiful day So many wonder how long we will be here Tell them that we're here to stay Hey yo, let's get it! Boss talk straight from the city with true heart We got champs in the making and champs that are root them on Got that old sport, optimal prime, ready to dominate The hottest conversations uncensored, it's the time and place Boss talks, keep it uncensored, it's all hard You could be for more walks, come tune in the boss talks Got that old sport, optimal prime, ready to dominate Hottest conversations uncensored, it's the time and place Boss talks What's happening guys, what's good, what's good Welcome back to another episode of Boss Talk Uncensored I'm your host Tino Amaya with my good friend, co-host, Jeff Kopi. What's up, guys? Monroe Nutrition in the building. We are Monroe, Triple D Liquidation. Good stuff at a great price. And? Of course, Amaya's Fresh Mexican Grill. We make it fresh every single day. If we don't, my mama's going to slap me. <laughs> and then, of course, Tino Amaya State Farm. We've been helping people recover from the unexpected for over 100 years. And, last but not least, Amaya Group, Inc., we do restaurant renovations, we do menu development, menu engineering. If you uh, are, are looking to do some things with us, give us a call, give us a shout. So today, it's the Eye of the Tiger. Listen, listen, man, listen, we got the champ in the house. I've been looking forward to sitting down. You guys know Bronco McCart, born and raised in Monroe. Da, 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 <laughs> listen, my dad's absolute favorite boxer on the planet still loves telling everybody i know i know bronco you know who bronco is he's a world champion he comes into my restaurant all the time <laughs> am i lying no no your dad your dad is your dad's good to me man. he man i'll tell you he's what my pops just yeah. loves loves you man and so listen we're here with i'm a bronco. second favorite fighter though i think james tony was his number james tony was and, his and number you he did the same thing to me too you told me i ain't gonna lie man james tony was my dude in his restaurant he told me james tony but here's the thing though. Be on people. james tony was never getting well anyway we'll get there we'll talk about james because man i, I want to hear about the friendships i want to hear about the legacies and things like that. But right now, for those people that may or may not know who you are, give us a little bit of who Bronco is, where you grew up, where you're from. Well, uh, you know, Bronco McCart, uh, born and raised in the east side of Monroe, Michigan, man. I, I'm always proud of that. Yeah. You know, because uh, growing up, um, the east side was always just, when you were from the east side of Monroe, it was like you were looked less less than. And I always felt that growing up. And it, it, it put a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, but it made me, yeah. it made me who I am. Right? Yeah, made me who I am as a fighter, made me who I am as a person, made me never forget my roots. Nice, you know, where I where I came from, and I'm always I'm always proud to tell people I'm from Monroe. Yeah, and when they specifically ask where, I don't even say the street; I just say the east side of Monroe. Man, that's that's <laughs> you know uh, that's cool because honestly, like I went to Lincoln, yeah. and uh, the first time I ever met you, I believe I was like five or six years old. And I was playing on the like you know the little spider thing that they had yeah, there, yeah. and a bunch of people were like, "Oh, I'm going to get my uh, autograph by Bronco," and I'm like, "Who's Bronco?" And they're like, "He's a boxer." So we went across and we got autographs like on your porch, yeah. and then I remember I uh, I ran home and showed my mom, and she was like, "You only got one?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, oh, yeah, dang!" Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. I sprinted back from Fourth Street all the way to I believe it was like. Second, second right second, yeah, yeah. sprint all the way back knock down your door you were like and i remember you saying that you're like didn't you didn't you already get one i'm like yeah i just need one more i need i need the colored one because there's a colored one yeah. and a black and white one but yeah so oh, that's good that, see see i love i love 
those kind of stories, right? Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Then you see him grow up, and then he's he's got his own business, and he's doing well. But but those kind of stories mean something to me because because um, just the fact that you remember that, yeah, and and sounds like I was willing to just hey sign and yeah, and, and that means that does mean something to me. I get to hear those stories frequently, um, yeah. especially now that I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people that, that share their. Um, experiences running into me or whatever growing up so and, so I, I have to tell you my story first time i actually met you in person i'd watched you box at senior espn and my dad anytime you were going to be on tv he was like man bronco's gonna be on we gotta watch him all right cool but the first time i actually met you in person was at blockbuster okay you had blockbuster listen blockbuster right on your telegraph. age no, i'm just kidding you're wearing sunglasses <laughs> And you came in because you had always. just you had just well no 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 you had just come from you had just oh, had a fight, fight yeah. and so you would you know you walk in blockbuster and, and it was a fight you won and I'm I remember I'm in there like looking for a movie and stuff I look over and people were saying hi to you and like you were just like oh hey what's up hey how's it going oh hey how you doing you know people come up shaking hey champ how you doing you know shaking your hand and I'm like man like dang do I go over there and say hi to him like man, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this guy's going to. So I walked over, and I was just like, hey, champ, how you doing, man? Man, it was a tough fight. You're like, yeah, it was a tough fight, but I got that one. I'm like, yeah, you did, man. And I went to go shake your hand, and you go, oh, man, I'm sorry. Because your hand was, was messed up. Yeah, yeah, messed up. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, And you kind of like did like a little, and, and like we weren't really like knuckle bumping at the time, but you kind of did a little, so I'm like tapped your hand. Dude, I got in the car. Called my dad. I'm like, Dad, guess who I just saw? <laughs> like, literally, guess who I just met? You know, I yeah. mean, it was uh, it was cool. And then, of course, saw you at church when we started yeah, going yeah. to Monroe Missionary, and you were became good friends, became and, great yeah. friends, man, became great friends. Yeah, and and see, I've always so when I was 21 years old, when I was walking through uh, Caesar's Palace, ran into Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he was carrying his carrying a little boy at the time, assuming his son. And I went up. I was 21. I, I was seeing. I was seeing all these people that you know. I was running into everybody. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Puckett." I said, "I don't want to bug you for an autograph or anything." I said, "I just like to shake your hand." I said, "You're a great baseball player." And I remember he was holding the sound with his left hand. He took his right hand and put it around his son. He goes, "I'm busy." And I yeah, said, yeah, yeah. I said, "Okay." Yep. I walked away, 21 years old, and I said to myself, "If I ever get the opportunity in my life," Shake a person's hand just because they want to shake my hand or sign an autograph. I will never yep. turn somebody down. Yeah. And, and one time at my peak, I, I agreed to um, sign uh, boxer shorts. A boxer was signing boxers. I forget where the money was going, but it was going for either an animal shelter or toys for tots, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I agreed to do an hour. At the hour point, there were like they, they were counting the people, and the lady come up and says, there's 250 people left, and, but your hour's up. So I just wanted, you're free to go. I said, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. I would stay to every last single person. And that was like another three hours. Right. Wow. You know? Wow. But I didn't care because because that, that means something to me. Just like just like what you said, how I was, hey, you know, and you. That means something to me. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because if, if you can make a person's moment or day or whatever just by being kind, no matter who you are, but especially if, if you're in, in somewhat of the spotlight. Yep. If you can take five seconds, ten seconds, one minute, whatever it takes to make somebody's day. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. You know. I feel that's your responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, you're yeah. put there for a purpose. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to you know, do. You so, know, so I was just out in L.A. recently. You know, my son, Brady, you know, my wife, they live out there full time. Yeah. And so we got, you know, we got tickets to go see um, 
this group that was playing out there. And I'm no, I'm no good with the popular music, right, blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right. However, so we got these tickets. We're sitting down there, and, and some of the choreographers that had done dance, you know, had set up the dancing and stuff like that, choreographed the things. They came over, and they're talking to us and shaking hands and hugging, and I'm getting introduced to all these people. And a gentleman by the name of David Gray, whose daughter is on a show called Evil, and, you know, he comes over, and he's shaking Brady's hand, and uh, this young gal by the name of Bella Thorne comes over. I have no idea who this girl is, but my, mm. my son's like, you know, hey, Bella, you know, they hug, whatever. She says, Brady, are you going to be at Millennium this week? And they chit-chat, and then she says, what are you doing here? Why don't you come sit with us? Because they had, like, special box seating where some of these people were sitting, right? Okay. And Brady was like, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll catch up with you guys later. And so they walked away, and I said, I, I said to him, I go, you know, son, someday you're not going to be able to just sit here in the regular seats. Like, you're going to have to go with them. Right. And he looked at me and he said, you know, Dad, I don't ever want to go over there. Mm. And I said, why? He said, because. He goes, look at all these kids and how much fun they're having. I'd much rather be right here yeah, that's as awesome. long as I can. And I'm like, oh, yeah. like, man, yeah. that's my dude. But I love that. He loves telling everybody, too, that he's from Carleton. My kids are raised in Carleton, Michigan, right down the road. And he loves telling everyone when they ask him, where are you from? He says, I'm from Carleton. Yeah. They're like, well, where's Carlton? And he always goes, well, it's north of Monroe. Monroe. Like, well, where's Monroe? <laughs> right, right. Where's <laughs> Monroe? All right, of Detroit. <laughs> so let me, so let's let's talk about let's talk about the beginning. When did you start to get an idea that okay? I mean, boxing. I mean, obviously, you started at a young age. I remember fourteen. But when did you start to like put it together? We're like, man, I've got something here. Well, it was funny because like. And this is a good lesson. This is a good lesson for people listening too. It, other people saw it in me before I saw it, or yeah. before I believed it, right? And no matter how many people saw that in me, the, the it factor, as they call it, yep, I didn't see it until I believed it. It didn't matter, right? Wow. So, honestly, I, I I learned this later on. So right around the age of nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, I realized I could fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, after like, you'd like, already been winning and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, already had won like Golden Glove championships and yeah. Junior Olympic and uh, uh, Detroit Diamond Gloves or whatever, just different right. different tournaments. And but I realized at one point I said I can fight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can do and I can do it relaxed. And if I fight relaxed, man, it's so much easier. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember like my last two years in the gloves, Toledo Golden Gloves. Actually, my last year for sure when I was 21, I would stand in the corner like this with my Arms on the ropes, looking at the guy I was going to fight for. Like, like with almost with my feet crossed. I, yeah, I yeah. The videos, I still have the most school videos to prove it. Like, this guy's going to get smoked. And he yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And he knows it. You right, know, that's right, the funny right. part. But yeah. once, once I started believing in myself, it changed. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and, and you know what? That translates to everything. 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 Yeah. And Business, I, family, everything. personal, like everything. It doesn't matter if you have... Here's the thing. If there's 100 people in the room counting you, if 99 believe in you and you don't, yeah. you yourself, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Flip right. side. If 99 people don't believe in you and you believe in yourself, you're going to make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? So yep. it works. It's that it, self-belief is huge. But, yeah. the, but, but it's more than just self-belief. It was... It was self-belief with the fact that, okay, I know I can fight, but I have to grind like a dog, right? Mm-hmm. I have to be willing in my mind and my heart to outwork everybody in that gym. And anybody that trained with me over, over a period of years in the professional side could tell you, I was usually one of the first guys in the gym and the last guys out. When everybody was getting in the gym 
to get ready to start training. And I already did. I already had my half hour warm up, shadow box, stairmasters. You know, every hands were wrapped. I was ready to go. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. That was my job. That was my focus. You know, I would be. I'd be that laughy, smiling guy. Come in the gym, boom, game face. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a picture sent to me the other day. It was me and my dad and this uh, other fighter from years ago. And it was funny because my dad was smiling, talking to him. And I'm standing there. You could see it. Just stone cold. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just was my. Ready. That's who I was when I was in the gym. And and, and I took it serious. Um, I lived it. So, I, so let me ask you this, though. Sure. How do you get into that? Okay, at such a young age, let's be real. When I was 19 years old, I'm not going to lie. Anyone that's watching, listening, that's going to listen, I ain't gonna lie. At 19 years old, my focus was not on a professional career. My focus sure. was, man, that girl's hot, chasing tails. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. How did you stay yeah. focused and not get off track, or stay that focused? Well, um, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good looking guy. Listen, when yeah. I was, when I was, when I, when I, when I here's put it this way, when I, when I turned professional, the day, I, the day I. Signed my contract. From that day, I was 21 when I turned professional. I, I, I turned 21 in March of that year, and I signed my pro contract in June. Had my first fight in July. Wow. And um, from the time I signed my contract till I won my world title, I didn't. I, I did nothing but live boxing. Man, wow. It, it was a, a treat for me. Was like Snickers bar and a Seven Up after a fight. That's what I loved. Mm-hmm. When I won the world title, everybody's they're partying, drinking. We're out in California. They got the bar shut down. I'm drinking pop. Mm-hmm. I didn't mess. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going here in a minute. I, Go. I, I tell these young kids now. Yeah. I don't care what you do Monday through Friday in the gym. That, that's not what's important to me. What's important is what you do after Friday mm. between that next Monday. Yeah. What do you do Friday yeah. night? What do you do Saturday? What do you do on Sunday? What's going to get you to Monday? Yeah. Right. So it's Sunday, your Sunday fun day, and partying with my boy. Friday night out with the guy. None of that, man. Not if you want to be successful. Yeah. Not. I all I wanted to be world champion. When 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 I sat down with my dad and told him I, I wanted to go professional, we sat down at the table. We're sitting down just like this. He said, "I'm going to ask you one question, son. And how you answer is going to determine what I'm going to tell you to do. You're going to do what you want, but your answer to my question will determine what I say to you." Okay, what's the question? Why do you want to turn professional? Why do you want to be a professional fighter? Without hesitation, I said, I want to be world champion. I want to be a world champion. Yeah. He looked at me and said, that's the answer. I said, what do you mean? He said, if you would have said, I just want to try it. Yeah. I just want to make some extra money. I want to see if I can do okay. Yeah. I'll just go get a job. Yeah. But if you want to be world champion, let's lay out a game plan and let's make it happen. Yeah. And that's what we did. We laid out a four-year game plan. Four years from the day I signed. For the fourth year, we, we wanted to have that world championship. And I had it in three years and eight months. Wow. Wow. I mean, we laid it out. We went through it. Didn't win every fight up to the world championship. Right, had right, one, right. Had one loss early. Mm-hmm. And that was the loss that, that, that changed me. Like, oh, man, I hated that feeling so bad. Yeah. And I remember coming back to Monroe after that loss. It was in Vegas. It was on a big undercard. James Tony was headlining. He, that's when he fought Aaron Barker. Yeah. Um, Roy Jones was on the undercard. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholas sitting at ringside. I met Demi Moore, Bruce Willis. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm like shell shocked seeing all these people out here. Yeah, that's right, the same right, Kirby, right, right. Kirby Puckett incident, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, 
back, get back to Monroe, and I'm sick that I lost. I'm sick. I hated that taste. Who so was it? Good. Who'd you lose to? His name was Clayton Williams. That same year, which was '92 or three or whatever. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. He won. The, he was a national champion that year in, in the amateurs turn pro. Okay. He was a highly touted. He was like five and six and zero, oh, and I was like five or seven and zero. Oh. You know, two undefeated good fighters are fighting each other early in our career. Yeah, which shouldn't shouldn't do that, but right. I felt I was that good. He right, felt right, he was right. That good. He got the decision over me. Um, but I remember coming back to Monroe. I never forget this. I'm not gonna say the specific names, but I remember a friend come up, shook my hand, and hugged me, and said, "Hey, man, listen, you gave it a shot. You know, so what's next?" I go, well, "What do you mean? I yeah, gave what do you mean? It? Right? Yeah. I said I gave it a shot. What does that even mean? Well, you lost. I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Now, now, for me." It starts. Yeah. That's the beginning, bro. Now, do you feel like, you know, because you were 7-0 at the time that, that, like, you had early success, do you feel like you weren't fully prepared for it, or was it just? No. I was making, I would, there was a mistake I was making in the gym. Okay. And my dad caught the mistake in the gym. He said, I'm telling you right now, if you make that mistake against this guy, he's going to drop you with a left hook, bro. You got to stop it. Sure, sure as heck. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what he dropped me with. You know, I got up, but he... But after losing that fight, I was in my locker room. I had my head on the table. I was crying. See, I love I love when 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 I see fighters, especially yeah, when they lose a fight and they're they're crying. Yep, dude, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you hate to lose so bad that it makes you freaking cry. Yep, yeah, that's how you that's how you should be. Right, if you're serious about what you're doing. Right, I got my Absolutely. head down in there. I'm crying. I get this big pat on my back, and I look around. It's it's George Foreman, mm. and he says. You know, I watched your fight, kid, and I want to tell you something. He said, someday you're going to be world champion. He said, after that knockdown, he said, you showed something. He said, you showed heart, and you can't teach that for a person. Yep. He said, you have it. Just believe, mm-hmm. right? So after I ended up winning the world title, and I'm kind of jumping around with stories, but I was getting on an elevator in uh, Portland, Oregon, and George Foreman was getting off. He was like, I said, hey, Mr. Foreman, you say Bronco? And I was like, you know me? Yeah, we do. Of course, you know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he worked for yeah. HBO and all that right, stuff too. Right, but it right, just right. when he said yes. my name, yeah. I was just like floored, right? Like, you yeah. know me, right? And then I said, "Hey, you remember that time?" And I said, "I went on. I won that world championship, you know." But I never, even encouraging words too from from a person like that. Yeah, can, yeah. Can steer a person in an amazing direction. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what? That's one of the things we talked about yesterday. We had Devin Rucker up here, and um, you know, we were talking about that very thing about sometimes that setback can spring you forward Heck yeah. you know what i mean figuring yeah. out like okay well this didn't work and i told deb i said man that fearlessness that i think a lot of entrepreneurs have because it takes a lot of courage sure. right and then even you know what you were doing i mean getting in the ring i'm sorry man there's there's a very small percentage of individuals that can get in the ring with that type of purpose right then get knocked down lose and how many fighters have we seen in our time? And I've seen a lot of fighters to take that first L, and then it's like two or three after that. It ruins because, them yeah, mentally yeah, they yeah, just can't get them. back, yeah, yeah. can't get back to it. So how did you pick yourself up after that? Get back in the gym and say, okay, here oh, we go. I, I I came back and I was listening to the people and, and the negativity, and I fed off of it. Mm. Positive way. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Get off of it. I, lo- I loved when people would tell me, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I'm like, like I'm, I'm the kind of guy, if there was a basket sitting in the corner, and I say, hey, you think I can make this paper in that basket? And if you say, yeah, 
I'm not going to shoot it. Right, yeah. It's no fun, though. Same way. <laughs> yeah. Tell me no, and I'll sit here until I make it. I don't care if it takes me 500 tries, but right. I'm going to make it. Right, right, right. So right. I, used to love, I used to love the negativity. I fed off of it, and a lot of people, a lot of people take that as, as, as crazy, but I loved it. Yeah. And then I had this particular fight against a guy named Skipper Kelp, who actually, Skipper Kelp is really good friends with Dana White. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does a lot with the MMA fighters and stuff. Yeah. And Skipper Kelp was a monster amateur guy. One of the most feared left hookers in the boxing and in the pros, he was groomed to be the next man. He okay. was groomed to be the welterweight champion of the world. You, you can highlight, look at highlights of Skipper Kelp. Hit you with left hook, it was over, right? Mm. So he was 19, I think 19 and 1, and I was 18 and 1, or vice versa. We both had one loss. And this was the, a big fight on a big under. De La Hoya's undercard, James Tony's undercard. Skipper Kelp was with top rank. I was brought in to be the sheep. Yeah, led to the yeah. wolves, right? They forgot to tell you not to win, right? And I knew it, <laughs> right, right, right. I went to I went to my training camp with James Tony. Spent six weeks out in L.A. training Mickey Rourke's gym. Uh, was out there sparring all kinds of great, great, great freaking fighters. Fifty something veteran pro fighter, yeah, pro fights, and um, a lot of young young amateur stars and Olympic gold medal. I was sparring everybody out there, man, and I was cleaning the house too. I was doing I was doing a good job out there, feeling good, great shape, and. Uh, so, Skipper Kelp's manager came in the gym, watched me work out one day. I didn't know it was his manager, lady. She said, my man's going to walk through you like water between rounds. I said, your man? Who's your man? I don't think I know you. Skipper Kelp. I said, what's your name? I said, ring the bell. Ring the bell. And I went, boom, boom, knocked the guy out. I was sparring. I knocked him out. Stepped over him. There's your water, you. And I went crazy. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, night of the fight, in my, they, they put me down in this freaking little damp wet room with the one light bulb in it you know and and uh james tony's and with the chant he's in yeah. pound for pound man he's in another locker room he's like where's bronco he comes down and gets me from the locker room he said this is but you come to my locker room bronco you ain't gonna be stuck in it you come with me you're with me man mm-hmm. so i go in his locker room it's me him tone loke oh uh, hey. this guy stan shaw who, who, who's an actor and he's actually from carlton too i believe Shaw's look him up. Huh, yeah, I have to look him sure. up. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Yeah, Stan Shaw's a great guy. I got a show on TV right now. But um, so during the fight, I tell my I tell my corner before the fight. I said, Skipper Kelp knocks everybody out in the first three rounds, just about everybody. Yeah. I said, so let me do my thing for three rounds. Don't even question me. No matter what it looks like, just let me do me for three, mm-hmm. and start giving instruction. So I laid inside Skipper's. Got in his chest, man. He was just ripping them hooks. And the first round, he hit me with the hook so clean. He never realized it though. Right in, right in the liver, bell rang. I went back to the corner. I told my trainer, I said, stand in front of me. He's in front of me. I'm going, oh. Yeah, trying, oh. yeah, trying to get that. He said, are you okay? I said, I will be. I don't let him see me, though. You know what I mean? He didn't know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jumped on me. And it would, you know. So I ended up stopping him in, like, the, the sixth round. And I'm, every time I knock him down, I would scream to his lady in the audience, there's your water. My dad was like, stay focused. You know Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. so... But but that because you had a killer hook. Let's not. Yeah, I mean, my right hook was my woo, baby. Woo. <laughs> yes, my right hook but, was. But my the, baby. it was. But the focus. <laughs> but the focus. I'm telling all that story to build up to what the focus was for that fight. I wanted to win that fight so bad. This story is going to sound crazy. I wanted to win that fight so bad that I was in my I was in my hotel room day of the fight. I was nervous. Oh God, I was nervous. I was dry heaving, nervous. Never been that way before or since any fight I ever had. Yeah. But I knew Skipper Kell was a monster. In my, I was in my hotel room. I'm like, God, I, I, and everybody in Monroe, I think, in my mind, I'm like, all oh, these suckers think I'm going to get smoked. Yeah, and I yeah. I come back off that plane and go through that conversation again. That's not happening. Right. 
I took a picture of my oldest daughter at the time. She was, she was the only kid I had at the time and laid her picture on the bed. I said, pretend like he kidnapped her. Mm. And the only way you're going to get her back is you got to beat him. You got to knock him out. I started going through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I said, then I got down and prayed. I said, God, I want to win this fight so bad that if I don't win, I want to die in the ring. I don't want to come home. Right? Think about it. I get emotional. Think about it because that's a crazy mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said, I would rather die than, and I made my Mm -hmm. peace, right? Got up off, off off the floor, called my grandpa. Hey, Grant, just want to call and tell you I loved you. And he said, you never call me on the day of the fight saying that kind of stuff. Why are you talking like that? Mm-hmm. I said, because I prayed and I made peace with God. I yeah. Said, God, I'd rather you take my life in the ring than lose to this guy. I don't want to lose. I want to win so bad I'm willing to die for it, Grandpa. Wow. He said, please don't say that. I said, it's too late. <laughs> I yeah. prayed and said it. <laughs> Called my, aunt, my, my uncles. My, I went through my whole list of family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then... Fought the fight and won, thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was just it was just that focus of wanting to win so bad that I really, in my mind, thought that I was literally willing to die for it. Wow, that's crazy. That's 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 a, a different type of mentality. That you know, I heard this thing one time, and the, and this guy said uh, basically like, you know, consider yourself like a uh, like a car, like a sports car, right? So it's like. Uh, the people who uh, believe in you are people that don't believe in you. That's your fuel. And then the people that do believe in you, that's the turbo boost, right? Yeah. And I think what happens is, especially now, like we get people who don't believe in us. Like I want to say like, because um, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, but we do it a lot with social media, right? Oh, God. And uh, we get so many, like people get people that don't believe in them and it shuts them down. Like, it locks them down. And I think that, that's a different type of bite that you had right there. And I just love that. I think that's going to be one of those things that we look back yeah. and, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yo, take this as a clip and post yeah, this. Yeah, because like, how many that's times, amazing. like, you know, in, a lot of times, you know, Jeff and I talk to business owners. And that's, you know, I'm going to say this really quick. Um, one thing, I, I love hiring. I always tell other entrepreneurs, if you sit down in front of a kid that boxed or wrestled, hire them. Yeah. And they're like, really? And I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because they know not only how to participate from a team aspect, mm-hmm. but then they know how to do it one-on-one. Exactly. Right. They, because they take that L. Like, listen, we're in the mm-hmm. gym, mm-hmm. and yes, we're a team. And, yep, it's a team building. And, if you know, especially if you're wrestling, if you lose, the team has a possibility of losing. If you win, the team has a possibility of winning. But once I step on that mat, it's me and him. Right. Your pops was helping train you. Mm-hmm. But once you, bob, you know, bobbed into that ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're you're all alone. It's you and one other guy. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so I heard this thing, and uh, they said what was so unique about Floyd is Floyd didn't only have a trainer, but he had a daddy too. Like his his dad was his trainer, so yeah. his dad knew things about him that the average person didn't. Right? So he yeah. could push him. So uh, talk to me real quick. Like, how was that? Like having your dad as the person who was in your corner. See, so so my dad, we, we were able to, every once in a while in the gym, not going to lie, every once in a while, <laughs> it was dad's son. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But we were able to separate that. Mm-hmm. And I trust my dad. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I trust my dad. I know when he tells me something. My dad would do, my dad would lay his, he 
talking about my dad, bro. Yeah, I, I get emotional. My dad would his lifetime for me, boom, right now. Today. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I called my dad right now and said, Dad, mm-hmm. I need two kidneys. He said, what time are we going in? Yeah. So let me call my other kids and tell them I love them. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I, I had that trust for my dad, and he believed in me, too. Mm-hmm. And my dad was willing to... My dad was the guy that got up every morning at 5 o'clock when I was running uh, and would ride the bike sometimes. It was too cold. He got in the car and got behind me. Yeah. And, you know, but my dad was with me every step of the way. Mm. My, I knew my dad was never the guy that would, he's never going to sell me out on a deal. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. never going to shortchange me. He's never, my dad was there with me from day one all the way through. My dad would be that guy. He'd be sick and would get out of bed and want to go to the gym. I said, dad, it's okay, man. I can, I can go without you today. Just rest. Yeah. You know, he, he just didn't miss a beat. And, uh, and I trusted him. And the biggest thing is trust. And I know that everything that he told me was for the better of me. Yeah. Right, so right, 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 right. You know what? And sometimes, that. man, that's the hardest thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I have a similar relationship with my dad, right? I know my dad would, same thing. I mean, my dad has already proven it time and again. Like, man, I'll, I'll tell you a quick, another quick funny story. So I had this teacher uh, when I was in high school. And my dad never came to, like, parent-teacher things, you know. That was my mom's, you know, right. my, my parents are old-school Mexicans. That was my mom's job. <laughs> dad never came. Right. But I get sent home from school, and uh, I got suspended for three days because this teacher and I got into an argument, and I said some things I shouldn't have said. And But my dad says, uh, what did he say to start it? So what do you mean? He said, well, son, I know you. Mm-hmm. What did he say that started you getting to that point? And I said, well, here's what he said. My dad said, he said that to you? I said, yeah, he goes, all right. Looked at my mom. He said, I'll go to school with him tomorrow. And my mom goes, well, I've already taken the day off. And, and she was like midway through her sentence. My dad put his hand on the table. He said, hey, I'm going to go to school with him tomorrow. My mom said, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to school. <laughs> my dad walks into this office. And you know my little dad, yeah, man. man. He's a little firecracker. you know. And, and I, I wish I could do my dad's Mexican accent, but I, I can't. I'll butcher it. But my dad walks in, a teacher's sitting there. My dad's looking straight ahead, you know. The teacher's sitting there, and he's like, well, you know, Mr. Maya, here's the thing, da 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 My dad says, I got one question for you. Did you really tell my son that you're the closest thing to God in this building? Oh, wow. Mm. And, and the teacher goes, well, he goes, no, no, this is yes or no time. Did you really tell my son that you're the closest thing to God in this building? And the teacher said, well, I think you're taking it out of context. My dad said, no, I don't think I am. He said, here's, here's the thing. You'll never talk to my son like that again. Yeah, no yeah. He said, because I will gladly go to jail today unless you apologize. And the principal's sitting there, <laughs> teacher's sitting there. The principal's like, apologize. Yeah, right, right, right. The principal's like, <laughs> yeah, principal's like well, you know, Mr. Amaya, my dad said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. He's like pointed at this guy. Yeah. And I mean, my dad was burrowing into this oh, dude. Oh, yeah, you ready the to guy go? said, you know, Tino, I'm sorry I said that. Yeah. I was out of line. He said, all right. He said, come on, let's go. We got up and left. That yeah. was it. I said, what do I do? He said, you're suspended for three days. Let's go play some golf. We went to the golf Dang. course after that. <laughs> yeah. Played 18 yeah. holes of golf. I yeah. said, man, I like dad today. Right. You know, but, you know, the point is my dad is always wanted to start a restaurant. When I wanted to leave Ford and start my first business, man, my dad was the first one I went to, you know, so I understand where you're coming from there. But what talk us a little bit about the dynamic between like 
how did you guys shut it off from the business side? And then, well, I'm still like, I'm still your son, right? Yeah. There has to be a, a line there. Yeah, we, 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 we were able to do that. We were able to do that professionalism. Because like, you don't hear that a lot. Mm-mm. So my dad was smart enough to know, though, at one early on in my career, he said, I'm going to have, um, we, we were able to have Bill Miller, who was James Tony's head trainer. Okay. He said, I'm going to put Bill on as your head trainer, and I'm going to be the second. So he was smart enough to know that, because sometimes we would butt heads like dad and sons do. Yeah. But sometimes he would give Bill some things to give me. And they come from Bill, I'm not going to butt heads. Because you know how it is. You can tell your kids something. They don't want to listen. The next person tells them. And yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that sounds like you a great receive, idea. You receive it from <laughs> receive it different people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, he was smart enough to know that. And don't, I mean, we had our moments. Yeah. You know, we had yeah. our moments. And But my dad was a, a stickler for uh, every every single fight I had. Would be either in the car, the plane, the hotel, wherever. Bronco, you fought a great fight. But, Bronco, you fought a great fight. But. Mm-hmm. One day I went out and smoked this guy in the first round on, on uh, Tuesday night fights. It was one of the knockouts of the night. You, the, the, uh, it's on the highlight tape for you. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Knocked this guy out clean. We're, we're driving back. And my dad says, Bronco, you? I said, Dad, there can't be a butt on this one, man. <laughs> yeah. I caught this guy early in the fight. He says, yeah, but that one time you made that move, you dropped your right hand a little bit. And I said, that was the that was the bait him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, was just, he, was, he was a perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. He was a perfectionist. Yeah. And... and I was retired, and my dad was bored. I said, you just want to go to the gym, Pops? We'll start working out again. You know? He said, yeah, okay. So go back to the gym, and I'm hitting the pads one day or the bag or whatever. I snapped that. You know, you got to turn it. You're not turning. You're not pivoting. I said, Dad, listen, stop. <laughs> we're back. I'm retired. Hey, I'm we're retired. Back. Yeah, man. I said, we're back here. Just I'm just getting you out of right. the house because you're bored. Right. I'm trying to work out, and you're yelling at me like I'm getting ready to fight in two weeks. I said, that's not happening. I'm not going through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we laughed. He laughed, too. He said, oh, you know how I am. I said, but, I do. But, but. You, but you know what, though? Because I was there with one of your last fights. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it here at the at the high school? When you College. Had, no, it was, was here at the high. You did I the, one, at the high school. Oh, high school. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the college. I thought the, one of the last ones was at the high school. But anyway, you know, even towards the end of your career, um, man, you were still like, bam, yeah. bam. I mean, yeah. well, the one we did, we went down to Toledo because that's yeah. where you introduced me to Tommy Hearns, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. man, that was an amazing fight. Knocked a guy out, and that was a fight that you know everyone kept saying, man, I don't know if you can stop this guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Mexicans are hard to stop. Yeah. Not gonna yeah. lie, but dude. I mean, you still had the hook. You still had. When did you know it was time? You know, honestly, I knew probably about eight years before I retired. It was that I should have retired. Really? In my heart of hearts. Because you were still winning, though. I was still winning, but the difference was the mental. Yeah. Okay. The mental was different. Where, where when I was, when I was, what I call in, in the animal mentality, I didn't miss a day for nothing. Yeah. I remember, I remember my grandma. Loved her to death too. I remember my grandma dying. I remember getting up in the morning, working out before the funeral, going to the funeral, doing my thing for that day, and then working out that night. Wow. I had, a, I had a fight a week later. Yeah. Right? And I wanted to cancel the fight, and then somebody just put it in my ear, what would your grandma want you to do? Right, right, right. right. I said, oh, she wanted me to fight. Yeah. So I went on fought, you know. But yeah. it was like, then as I got older, when when I Monday rolled around, and I might be like, ah, you know what? Hey, Dad, I'm not going to go to the gym today. We'll just double up tomorrow. You don't double up. Right. right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah you don't can't double do that. up. No. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. but when I really knew it was over, over as far as even to the skill skill set was, I was boxing this young kid one day, 
And I was baiting him, and I was making these moves, and I was walking him into a shot, and he didn't see it. I did. I knew what I was doing. He didn't even see it, and I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't see it. I'm not going to clip him, but I'm going to hit him. I go to shoot a left hand. He shoots a right hand, which is what I wanted. But his right hand caught me. It was like boom, boom, then my left hand. It was like it was boom, but it should have been boom, miss. Right, yeah, right, 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 that was right. The move that I made. Right. So when he hit me with the shot, I boxed like three more rounds, and I went home that night, and I was laying in the chair, and I was staring at the ceiling for like two and a half hours. I was replaying that move over and over and over and over, trying to figure out, trying to make an excuse. Right, right, right. Like trying to jump. Then it just hit me. I said, yeah, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, that kid would have been sleeping. He would have never remotely even got close. Yeah. The fact that his landed, mine didn't, or did, but not before yeah. his. Right. And if that had been a world-class fighter, I would have been hurt. Right. Could have been hurt. Right, right, Because right, I made right. the move. I set it up. And I said, ah, I'm bad. I fought one fight after that, and I didn't even want to fight that fight at that point because I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fought my last fight, and I was like, oh, no, I'm done. All right. Eight years before I retired, I knew I should have how, how many years total did you box? Professionally, I boxed 21, an amateur, like a six. Yeah, that, I mean, and that, that's, that's a long career. That is. 22 professional. I mean, yeah. look at it, years. like. Cause you're one of the greatest in my eyes, and like LeBron, like he's in his twentieth oh, year here right we now, go. and that's why I can make so that this connection. Is, this is what this is what happens. If right you were to compare me to Michael Jordan, I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah, he he should have the Michael Jordan MVP. I think what he's saying when he's calling me LeBron that I've been knocked down and flopped around a couple oh, times on the cameras. Man, man. why you gotta bring up the bad fights? I mean, well, yeah, why you gotta do that, Jeff? Come on, man. You know, we ain't <laughs> even asking him this question champ. on air. We're asking him a different question on air. Okay, we're asking him a different question because because right now he's been outvoted. Michael has everyone. Uh, that we ask Michael or LeBron, everyone's saying, except for yesterday, Dev, Dev. kind of sold out a and little Hooter. bit. Hooter said LeBron. Yeah, but Hooter's from Cleveland. So? Yeah, that doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't Aww. count. <laughs> got to be impartial. You got, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to see a trend. Anyone over the age of 32. Right, right. Uh, so so let me ask or you Or actually, anyway, I know sports. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, hey. I'm hey. <laughs> just saying. Um, Josh you know what? Crop I think your battery's out. about to die. Okay, just cool, FYI, let you know. Cool, we're back on. Real quick. So take us back a little bit, though. Let's back up. Okay. So so you turn pro, three years, eight months. Walk me through getting ready for a championship fight. Oh, when man. did you sign on that, and when did you know, like, okay, this is this is it. Like, this is the one. Well, we uh, – I was the number one ranked – I was number one ranked in the world, and I was actually ranked across the board. I was WBC. I think the only one maybe not was the WBO or WBA at that time. Maybe I'm not sure. But across the board, I was the number one guy in the world. I was number one for Terry Norris's belt. He had it at the time. Yeah. And then the WBO was a, a champion. Was actually was from over in England. And when they told him that I was his mandatory, he vacated the belt. Didn't want to fight, so he vacated the belt. And um, I ended up fighting Santos Cardona, who, yeah. who Santos Cardona was a real tough, never been stopped. You know, I was the yeah. first guy I ever stopped Santos Cardona. But oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the crazy part was everybody else in the boxing world, actually, I should, let me take that back. I was at my house when I lived on La Pleasance Road, and a reporter from like England or London, or wherever the guy was from, called me. Said, hey, what do you think about Paul Jones, you know, pulling out of the fight and you're fighting Santos Cardona and blah, blah, blah. And I said, what, what? Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, "Yeah." I said, "I didn't. I had no clue." I called my dad. It wasn't like the day we just picked the phone up and right, hit, right, you know, yeah. yeah. Called my dad. And sure as heck, yeah, that's who it is. And I, he, Cardona knew it like three, four weeks 
before I knew it. Wow. Yeah, so I've been training to fight this Man. guy, and he knew it, you know. But the biggest thing about that fight, the biggest thing about that fight was, right, that that was, I, I knew I knew I wasn't going to be denied that night. Yeah. I, there was no way. Yeah. Right, I knew that. I knew in my heart of hearts I was leaving the ring with the championship. There was no mm-hmm. way I was losing that fight. Get to California. My luggage is lost. Oh, man. On my box. I don't have nothing. I have what I'm wearing in a little carry-on that has nothing in it but freaking wig jigsaw pu- or word puzzles and stuff. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in a hotel room working out my stuff, washing my tub, hanging out on my balcony. Next day, walking. Work. So we're like, okay, we might have to drive over to L.A., you know, and, and get some boxing trunks made and some shoes and yeah. all this stuff. But it, my stuff came. Okay. Right? It, finally, it finally did come. But here's my, my point to that story is, that can throw you off. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I was just getting ready to bring that what up. going to throw me off. I was like, friggin', I don't care what they, I'll go to Kmart and buy some sweat shorts, and I don't care. I'm winning that world championship. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, this is not going to be the thing that sets me off, right? Right. Because that was the fight where my grandpa, a year before my grandpa passed away. Oh, man. And when he was in the hospital and visited him and stuff, and I said, you know, and I try to get through the story because this story gets me, but I'm going to try just to just, well, my grandpa's laying in the hospital, and I said, man, Grandpa, I'm close. I said, I'm close. I said, I'm going to win a world championship, man. I want you to see it. Yeah, so, yeah. And he said, oh, you know, I'll see it. I'll see it. Well, he he, he died before, you know, mm-hmm. the fight for the world title. So getting ready for the fight, we had seven T-shirts made up with pictures of me and my grandpa, and I was sitting on his lap. He was laughing. He was a big guy. He was laughing. And I had the number four dash and the letter U. Yeah. Picture me and him. Yeah, yeah. Seven shirts for seven days. I train seven days a week. Mm. And uh, so get to the fight. I win the world championship. You know, fall to my knees. I'm just crying because I'm just, I'm thankful. Yeah. And I kept yeah. that promise. See, that was a promise to my grandpa on his damn deathbed. You know what I mean? Wow. So I knew I couldn't lose. It yeah. wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came back to Michigan, me and my uncles. And uh, we went to the, the graveyard and we took, World Championship belt, and we laid it on his headstone, and then we just told stories about yeah, laughing. Yeah. Man, my grandpa was a funny guy. He did a lot of funny stuff. And, yeah, and uh, we just, you know, it, no matter what happened before my career or before that world title fight, after that world title fight, that fight there was more important and meant more to me than any of them because I kept my promise. We yeah, we bought a yeah. ringside seat. We paid for a ringside seat. They put his hat in a picture of him in. Mm, wow. He always wore a floppy hat. I love yeah. that. You know, all that stuff, man. Wow. And, and, and when I won the world championship, I got hands up and that shirt, you know. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember that. So wow. That, that meant more to me than than any fight. Dude, that's a little. Man. That, that reminds me of the Buster Douglas story. You heard about you yeah, 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 yeah. Was, was it his mom? Yeah, his, yeah, his mom, mom had passed away. His mom had away? told uh, everybody in the beauty shop that my son's going to be Mike Tyson. And he was like, Mom, chill out. It's, it's Mike Tyson. Relax. <laughs> right. And uh, she's like, no. Nah. And then right before the fight, she passes. He went out there. First first one ever to knock Mike Tyson First out. one ever to beat him. To beat yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. at my grandpa's house watching it with wow. my grandpa. <laughs> wow. But no, that I, I really... Um, I resonate with that because I just lost my grandfather in June uh, to cancer. And, you know, I had made a few promises to him. And it, that's just confirmation. Yeah. What that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, an inspiration. So, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to tag on that. My uh, so I had a grand my grandparents. This is my grandma. I started cooking with my grandma. She's one to taught me how to cook. Right. 
they had this little tiny restaurant and mm. you know so now i'm i'm in i'm in texas going to culinary school i'm doing my thing and i'm working at a big restaurant i mean this restaurant was massive that we uh i was working at and i'm in the kitchen one night and man i'm and we're just we're slammed swamped yeah and one of the hostess comes up and she says uh uh, excuse me, chef. What? I was mean. I was mean. Mm. What? She's like, um, there's a gentleman here to see you. And I right away, I'm like, man, mother. You said I got 20 tickets. I'm like, you better tell this. Mother. My grandpa comes walking back into the kitchen. Mm. And he says, hey, wow. I mean, my grandpa was a character, too. <laughs> he wore, like, the fedora hats and smoked uh-huh. cigars uh-huh. and... But he comes back, wow, holy cow, man, there's a, and he had a harsh Mexican accent. What a big kitchen. And like in an instant, I was like, <gasps> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Man, you came, he was on his way to Laredo, which by the way is almost 10 hours from Dallas. Oh, wow. So he had to divert, you know, yeah. six hours up, you know, just north to you, huh? just to come to the mm. restaurant to see me. And then they were driving back down to Laredo to. Did you? Know, you, so. you choke up when you seen him? Ah, dude, I was I melted. Are you kidding? I mean, he was like I was his road dog. I yeah. was his. You know, I mean, when we were kids, and my my other cousins will attest to this. They would say, "Man, you know, we didn't have a relationship like that with Grandpa." Yeah. I mean, I was he used to take me out of school just to go. <laughs> I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. Yeah, I don't know if my grandpa actually liked baseball, but he would take me to the games and take me out of like when I was a little kid. He'd be like, "Hey." You know, right at the end, like like August, like back then we used to start school in August. Mm-hmm. Literally, the first week of school, he's like, hey, well, there's a baseball game in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. We'd go to Detroit and eat food. I mean, it was, we just had a great, great, yeah. great relationship. Well, that's how it was with my grandpa. We we had a, we had that kind of relationship. You know what I mean? I used, yeah. I used to just go up to his house, just yeah. hang out. Yeah. Just go up there and yes. hang out. So my, yeah. my grandma comes to the restaurant. This was right after we first, when we first opened, this picture was taken. She came to the restaurant and she walks in and she's looking around and you know we had moved from Ohio up here and I used uh, to go to the one in Ohio too yeah 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 we were out in uh, Maumee yeah, yeah. Sure but uh, she comes up to the restaurant and uh, she came up to me and she said man your grandpa would be so proud mm-hmm. I was like Whoa. you know right. and my grandma passed away like going on three years now but uh, yeah no I mean. I can't imagine what that was like, though. I mean, I can to some degree, but not to that uh, it was degree. A, it was a, it was a, you know. I mean, think about it. You make a promise, yeah. To somebody in, on their deathbed, you make a yeah. promise, yeah. I mean, I'm going to do this for you. And see, I had won like some smaller belts leading up to the to the, to the big belt. You know, I won like the Michigan State, and I won the WBC International. Yeah. You know, that those belts. Didn't you win the North American? I won that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was after. That. Okay. Okay. And and so. Um, I said to my dad one day, I was sitting home, I said, man, it was my mom's, it was my mom's dad, but him and my dad were, you know, close too. Yeah. I said, man, you know, grandpa never got to see any of my belts, man. You know, I was telling my dad, he said, yeah, he did. I said, what do you mean? He said, I took, I took those one day, I drove over to the hospital, I saw him, I, I brought him in there, laid him up on his bed, let him hold him and stuff. Wow. You know what I mean? I didn't even know that. Oof. Yeah. Chills. Yeah. Man. I yeah. Said, wow. Yeah. So, so, you know, yeah. then, then after he had passed, we did that, but yeah, um, yeah. Back to like self belief, real quick. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I, I heard a story one time, and I love this story too. And this, this, this applies to anybody that wants to be successful. It was like this guy went to this billionaire guru, said, Yeah, you know, guru, man, I, I want to know how to be, how to be successful. 
He said, meet me in the morning on the beach mm-hmm. and wear your swim trunks. The guy was like, what? He said, meet me in the morning on the beach and wear your swim trunks. Mm-hmm. Said, okay. So, he said, so the guy showed up. He said, be here at 5 on the dot, too. The mm-hmm. guy showed up at 5 o'clock. He said, let's walk. Start walking out in the ocean. They get about this deep into the water. The guru looks at him and says, you ready? Yeah, and he grabbed him and put his head under the water, right? And the guy was struggling, you know, just before about the point he would pass out. He pulls him up. The guy's like, man, are you crazy? Are you nuts? What is wrong with you? And the guru said, well, I just want to ask you now. When your head was under that water, he said, I want to know what you were thinking about. Were you thinking about what email messages you missed? Were you thinking about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Any of those things, partying on the weekend? What were you thinking about? He said, I was thinking about breathing. Yeah. He said, well, when you want to be as successful, as bad as you want to breathe, mm. come see me. Come see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So in yeah. other words, when you can put all that stuff to the side, all the bull crap, all the garbage that will interfere with your success, and you just want to focus on success like it's breathing, that's when you become successful. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a, you know what I'm saying? It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a tunnel vision life. It's a different mindset. It's it is. 100%. You'll lose, you'll lose, you'll lose. People along the way to success. Now, what I was oh, go you, ahead, good. Jeff, no, sorry, you, you will, but you will also attract the people that's supposed to be in your life. That's right, because you're becoming the person that you need to become. That's why you're yeah, sitting but, at the table with him, and that's why you guys have right. all this. All this but stuff let me let me ask you this though, especially coming from the east side of Monroe, and I know I'm a North End kid. When I started to see success in my in my businesses, um, you know, right away, I had. You know, the old old crew come. Oh, man, you don't want to hang out with us anymore. Because, did you experience a lot of that? Or was people just knew, like, stay away from him. He diff- yeah. He's no, different. It was it was great because it, I, I got the opposite respect from, from like, in a good way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, you don't want to hang with us. It was like, man, Bronco, keep we, doing yeah, your thing. Yeah, we don't want right. you to hang with us. Yeah, 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 thing, yeah. Right? Like, we, we love what you're doing. You know, and they would all, all the East Side crew, man. The East Side used to load up by the bus loads from the community center. Yeah. Come up to the palace. You know, all my boys, all the guys that I ran around with, they all supported me. Yeah. They all wanted to see me make it. That's you know, awesome. some, of them, some of them ended up locked up in prison. They'd write me. Yeah. Man, I'll watch you in here, man. You wow. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so it was like, they want, they, it wasn't like, Oh, you too good. It was like we don't even want you around us, man. Yeah, you got yeah, any problems, yeah. B, you just get a hold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right, right, right. So, so they supported me. So wow, I had, that's yeah, awesome. You know, yeah, they, they, and and I've kept it real with them all the time ever since. So we, right. we're still, you know, we're still. Yeah, that's still awesome. Super close. I yeah. love that. I, and like, I know for like now, like, you know, I made a post a while back, and I'm pretty sure you commented on it, but I said like. When anybody from Monroe wins, it's not just a win for them. It's a win for all of Monroe. Oh, know? 100%. Yes. And I yeah. feel like, truly, I feel like you were that guy. Like, people are living, I don't know the, how to say the word exactly. I think it's I curiously or vicariously or vicariously yeah. through you. Like, people were like, man, like, thank you. You know, I was proud of Monroe, right? Yeah. I was proud. Listen, I was so proud of the guy that wasn't. So, uh, uh, supposed to make it to anything just because of how I grew up and where yeah. I grew up. And, yeah. you know, people's houses that at one point I couldn't go in and it was like, hey, come on in, have dinner with my family. You know, it, it just, it just a whole different change. But I, 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 I wanted all them kids down there, and I still do to this day, 
that I truly, if I can make it somewhere, yeah. anybody can make it somewhere. Right, yeah. right, because, right. Because we had the same, we had the same upbringing. I came from the divorced home and the mm-hmm. poor side of town and stuff wasn't good growing up and blah, blah, all that stuff, right? But I got, I got locked on something. Yeah. That, that took me away from all that here. Right, right. right. Took me away from all that here. You ever, you ever see a person who, who might, might stutter or have different, some kind of different physical thing, but when they when they do something like sing or something that they oh yeah it's clear as it's day. gone yeah it's gone right? yeah so that yeah. boxing was was my clear that was my clear head for me that was my man my long runs man I would run and think and clear head and when I'm hitting the bag it just was my peace yeah it was my peace yeah yeah you know and, and it, it it literally it literally saved my life like yeah. probably probably more from a not from a street kind of thing, but probably from a just depressive kind of down where you could have just, I could have went a whole nother track in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank God I had a dad like I do, did, that, that got me on that path and said, I'm, I am not going to let you go down that road. Right. He basically sat me down and said, every day when you get home from school, I was 14, you're going to do something with me. I don't care what it is. I don't care if we fish. I don't care if we play tennis back. I don't care if we sit in the house. Yeah. But every day you come home, you're doing something with me. That's when I started going to the boxing gym. Wow. I like that. You know? I like that. Wow. So who was your first trainer down there? Was it? My was dad. it? Oh, okay. I didn't know if yeah, like, you did da- anything with Joe or my dad, my uncle H. Actually, who he passed away, but he was actually my very first guy okay. that, that took me in the back room and made me work three months just on foot. Yeah, footwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough. Like I've been training for. A couple of years now, and like I see some videos. Yeah, yeah. you see him flopping. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> and like like every day, like I, I'm a very uh, like why do we do this? Like this makes this happen. Okay, like very technical with things, and like there's so many pieces that go into it, and yeah. it just amazes me. Yeah. And then at, nothing has ever made me feel how I feel after I get done with the boxing workout after hitting the bag, maybe doing some sparring or whatever, like it's just a sense of humbleness and peace Mm -hmm. that comes over you. Yeah. It's because you let all your, all your inner aggressions for the day are gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You leave them in the gym every day. I'm telling you when I, when I retired from boxing, like, like done, I was just getting ready to get there. Let's go. You're, you're there. My first year I was lost. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand now i yeah. understand why an athlete or an actor or somebody who who did something at a high level for so many years when it's over you hear them suicide yes yeah, yeah. yeah. alcoholism yeah um, all that i understand it because you I, I i remember the the day of my the day that i officially announced my retirement they ran the story in the paper one yeah. of the first articles I ever read the whole story about myself, right? Because I remember George Foreman saying, "Don't ever, don't ever read articles about yourself because you'll believe the good and the bad." Yeah. So just don't get caught up in either one. Right. Right. So I, I was reading the article, and when I got to the end, I laid the paper down on the floor. I was sitting in my garage, and I, I, I laid the paper down on the floor. And I just lost it. I was just bawling because wow. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I didn't know where to go. I didn't. Know where, I, I felt like I was going in a million. Right. My brother calls me. Hey, what are you doing? I said, man. He come over. He said, "Bronco, you've had a great career and a great life. Nothing to cry about." I said, "I'm not crying because of that. I'm just like, you know." I said, "I'm like a wild tiger 
who's lived in the jungle for 20 years. And all of a sudden this morning, I got to wake up and be a kitty cat in the house. Yeah. yeah. What do yeah. I do? Man, I mean, I was freaking flipping out dude, for yeah. like a year. Yeah. I was lost. And then then it just it just all just started coming together for me, you know. And then, you know, different avenues, different things that I do. Um, yeah, I'm, I do real estate with Colwell Banker. I'm yeah. on the boxing commission for the state of Michigan, which I retired in July of 2014 and was appointed to the boxing commission in August of 2014. Wow. So, yeah, it was a... So you're was, still very connected there. Yes, yes. And so I, I do have my hands in the game. Yeah, which I enjoy. I love it. I always love to be a part of it. Um, it will always be something that's. I was gonna say, you know, I mean, it, it, how can you not be a part of something that took you all over the world? Yes. Right. You know what I mean? And really, you know, it it didn't define who you were. I think, you know, we're defined by, you know, like me, I, I'm defined by my children. I'm defined sure. by my family. I'm defined by the things that I do. And you know, I mean, the the more you and I have become friends over the years. Man, there's so much that you do that's just so, you know, it's like, man, this is who Bronco is. But boxing was that kind of like that conduit that it allowed that a platform. lot of yeah, yeah, that allowed that all platform. this to happen, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always said, I always had, I always said that boxing was bigger than boxing for me. That it was yeah. always going to be a platform for for me. I always felt like when people would ask me, "Don't you feel like are you ever worried about getting hurt or injured?" And I'd always say, "No." I said because I believe God has me in this for a purpose. Yeah. He's not going to put me in something and then get me hurt. It just doesn't make sense to me. Never did. Right. I'll be fine. Right. And and as far as I know, so far I came out pretty good. Right. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fights. I had sixty eight <laughs> professional fights. That's a lot of fights. That is a lot I of fights. I box wrecked. Um, it was like, you know, I was just going through looking at different fighters, and I looked at yours. And I'm like, I didn't realize how many fights you truly had, and a really good record with it. Yeah. Like, Dude, how many knockouts? Oh, my I mean, gosh. How many, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you get to that level, it's, to me, it's amazing because I've met a lot of great fighters, and I've met a lot of great people, and I've, I've been blessed also with some of the things I've been able to do. But to have a career like yours for so long mm-hmm. and to be able to fight at a high level, even like now yeah. you're saying, man, eight years before I retired, I knew it was time. Yeah. yeah. But to still you know, compete at such a high level. Yeah. How did you, now that you, you felt like you were like close to retirement or maybe you knew it was time. How did you get yourself there though? In those moments? Oh man, just, you know, it's as, as a fighter, um, it's in you, right? It's in you. I'm, I'm, how old are you? You're about the same age, right? How old are you? 50. Yeah. No, 51. So, I mean, it's in you like, it, 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 if a fight was to break out of the room right now, I'm going to fight, right? That's, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fight I'll or flight. It's fight. No yeah, flight. yeah, there's no flight. Right. I'll yeah. take care of it. Don't right. worry yeah, about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Let the young buck <laughs> but, but all the years of training that you put into it, it's it's like it's like when we get up to leave here and we go to walk, we're not going to think about putting one foot in front of the other. It's just you've done it for so yeah, long. You just, it just yeah. becomes natural. Yeah. yeah. And But there was, like I said, different mindset. So the, 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 the Bronco McCart that was praying, God, I'd rather die than lose was not that same Bronco McCart that was sitting there eight years before he should have retired. It was the Bronco McCart that was thinking, man, what if I go out here? What if I do get hurt? I don't I don't want to get, I don't need a stitches. I don't need a ear. Yeah. My head. You know, I don't, you know, it was, I never thought of that before. Yeah. And it's kind of like when, 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 when you start thinking of things like that or start missing days that you normally wouldn't miss or, or whatever. Yeah. When it's different, when it starts becoming different, it's different. Yeah, when the, when the alarm clock rings at five and you snooze it till five thirty, 
wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, Marvin Hagler once said, uh, it's it's hard to get up and train when you're sleeping between silk sheets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the you quote. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like man, day, yeah, yeah, he's like, man, you know, that's that's when he says he knew it was time. Man, I'm, I'm waking yeah. up, sleeping between silk sheets. That's, right. I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, the, the, like I said, when you start changing things that got you there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, 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 the pattern of... That got you successful. The things that you that took to get you there. When you start, when you start deviating from that, you know, when when I'm running five miles a day, well, ah, this week I'll run three. Yeah, yes. yeah. Instead of doing forty minutes on the stairmaster, I'll do twenty. Yeah. You know? When you start doing stuff like that later on, yeah, that was never even an option. I don't, I don't feel like sparring. I'm just gonna go ahead and pad. Right. I would right. be the guy that my trainers would have to say, "Hey, champ, I need you to go home, take three days off." Don't do anything. Come back. Why? Too sharp, too early. Your condition is great. Just go home and rest. I'd, I'd be the guy I had to get sent home from the gym. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. me, right? And I was proud of that, too, man. I was proud of that. I just, I just, I wanted to outwork everybody. Yeah. I was, I was in my mind. I've, I've even had this in quotes where I, I know I've done interviews where I've said this, and it's in black and white. I said, if it comes down to a fight, and it's equal across the board, everything's equal, and it comes to will, I win. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I won't yeah. Be outwilled. And it, there was a point in my career where I was that I wouldn't couldn't be outwilled. I just knew I couldn't be outwilled. But when it changed, and I think after, like my oldest daughter, compared to my younger kids, and you know all yeah, of yep, them. Yep, yep. My oldest daughter, it's it's a joke. We we they, we've seen like memes sometimes. And this one had this vicious Rottweiler, and this poodle, little baby poodle, and it says, like my daughter said, this is the dad I had. This is who you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and it's funny because it's yeah, true. It's true. Because she'll sit around sometimes when we're all together. It's just so you you guys don't even know. Yeah, yeah. You don't funny. even know. You don't know this guy. You don't know how dad was. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Dad was an animal, I'm telling you. you know? Yeah. And we laugh about it. But that, that, that Rottweiler in the pit, uh, poodle one had me crying. Dude. I was sitting in a chair when they pinged on my phone i was laughing so oh hard. man and i was funny. like it's true <laughs> yeah that's crazy well okay let's let's because we're going to wrap up here soon let's bring let's let's get caught up to now the transition so we retired kind of not knowing what direction to go in at that point you were already with the uh, road commission yes and then so when did you start branching out into other things um about three years ago Actually, no, it was, it was a little longer than that, I, earlier than that, about four or five years ago. I, I tried to get into the insurance. Insurance, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was yeah, working yeah, with yeah. your brother. Yes, yeah. That was at the time you guys was getting the restaurant going. Yep. So he was super busy. You were super busy. Yeah. And so he, you know, could, could fit Bronco in. Right. But I understood it. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, ah, you know, I'm going to try another direction. So mm-hmm. I, I went with another agency or whatever. I tried it for a little while. Wasn't my thing. Yeah. It just, I just didn't, I just didn't like the, the chase. Yep. Then you catch it, and then next year you got, you got to, you got to chase again, it again, right? Yeah. 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 So, so then my girlfriend, her parents own Coldwell Banker Haynes Real Estate. We were talking one day, and she's like, "Hey, why don't you try real estate?" I said, you know what, I will. So I went and took studied, went and took the test and everything, got my um, license, and uh, I love it. Yeah, I love the real estate part. Yeah. You know, because for me, it's it's just so neat when, especially you get a, a young couple or a young individual, any age, I'll sell to any age, but <laughs> a young person. But it's really good for me when I get a young person or, or people send me their kids, you know, and that means something to me, too. Yeah. I'm dealing with a kid right now, and 
we've looked at a few houses and I told him, I said, ah, you know what? I'm going to treat you like my son because I know your dad. Right. And I know you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I wouldn't put my son in this house. So let's find something different. You know, so I, love that. I treat it like, I try to treat people like I'm, I'm treating a family member. And, and, uh, and I tell people that. And I say, my, I make money when we sell. Yeah. Right? But I said, if I wouldn't put my kid in this house, they, uh, that, that few grand's not going to important enough for me to put you in it. Right, right, right. right. So, um, and then, of course, the boxing commission, which was a natural transition yeah. transition for me, and I loved it. Yeah. Still do. I've uh, been on it for, and it's a governor-appointed position, so I got appointed twice by Governor Snyder and once by Governor Whitmer just recently. Okay. Wow. So I just got a new term. Wow. Um, so I enjoy it, and the board respects me uh, because of my background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so it's a... Uh, it's great. I love it. I enjoy yeah. it, man. So when when are you going to start training fighters, or, or is that not something you want to do? No, I do want to. Okay, I do want to. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it just seems like to me uh, at some point, like you train, oh, manage. It's a hundred percent, hundred percent in my in my in my vision. Um, you know, uh, they're like um, like Todd Riggs uh, down there and Keith Vining and those guys and Tony Anderson. They're all doing a great job. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. What I, for me, what I would envision seeing is, and I don't want to be like the the hawk that swoops in after the kill and picks up the the, the road kill or whatever. But like, I'm not, I don't really want to develop kids from ground zero. Yeah. Just give me somebody that's got the basics out of the way. And just let me add to that. Right. 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 That's, that's all. You know, you know what, um, you know, when I was doing MMA, a lot of people don't know, I I had a, a very successful MMA school here in Monroe. We had, I don't know, five or six kids that ended up turning pro. I remember. Yeah, but when they did, I said the same thing. You know, Drew Murray's one of them that mm-hmm. you know turned pro and just retired not too long ago. Yeah. Um, but and he had a, a very good, you know, amateur and pro career. Um, very close to making it to the UFC. Would yeah. have been great if he would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, I told Drew I was very honest with him. I said, "Man, I can get you here, mm-hmm. but once you get here, you're you're above my stratosphere." Yeah. But I've been in the game long enough. I had the contacts yes. to get you to WXC and to get you into some of the other, mm-hmm. you know, events that were out there. And, and I knew those guys. And so being able to, like, make a phone call when Drew was ready to make that leap yeah. and say, hey. See, and that takes humility, though, right? Yeah. That takes humility 100%. on your part. Because yeah. a, lot, a, lot of people, a lot of people would never, would never do that. Like, they would, they would take the, the, I can get you all the way. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. And that's not always the case. And, right. And, and, and you have to understand that. No, like, there's a kid, there's a kid, uh, Aaron Carter. Oh, Aaron. He's nice. This kid has potential. Yeah, yeah. Like, first time I ever saw him, I told him, I said, dude, you, 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 you have that it factor. Yeah. And there's things I see in you. A couple little tweaks he makes, he's going to be zipping people. Oh, wow. yeah. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, that kid has, he, and he's got kid, like the perfect body for it everything. Too. Yeah. yeah, the height, and, and and once he starts learning how to, and you know, he's, he's young. And when I say young, he's young skill wise. Right. And once he learns how to use all that height to his advantage, and do everything from the outside, he can be like a Mark Breland. Oh man, he can lay guys yeah. off. And, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. He can, and he can hit from both sides. Yeah. He has a lot, and he's got. I told him, I said, you have really good eyes. I mean, you see, you see, you're making guys just miss. That's that, yeah. That's hard. That's that's hard to teach. Right. 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 So he's got it. He he can be taught, but he's naturally has some has some things that takes years to teach other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so when I see things like that, I it, it does get me excited. Yeah. Inside. You get like, like hmm. Yeah. Man, I ooh. truly I truly feel like eight to ten years from now we're gonna have him on this podcast, and he has like one of them stories that you're like, mm-hmm. oh my. 
you know, like you overcame that, yep. you right, know, like, right, right, right. so I shout out to him. Definitely. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I well, I, well I hope, I hope, you know, in a few years, you know, eight to 10 years, we're talking to him and calling him champ. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Hey, what's up champ? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the ultimate goal. And same with uh, D. Like yeah. You, D Mills. You, yeah. You look at D's story and he almost quit boxing and then his buddy aj mm-hmm. r.i.p uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah yeah passed and he was like it pushed him yeah and now he's 10 and 0 you know and who's no who knows what's next from right you know? right so right. starting to look at bigger fights AJ. yeah that kid that that Man. was the next I, world champ i remember yeah i'm telling you bro. i remember him, him and his brother Sp- Special, yeah, yeah, yeah. special man. Yeah. That guy had. All, I I remember seeing him at fifteen in the gym one day, and I said to Tyrese, "Who was that kid?" Yeah, he told me. I said, "Dang, dude, that guy can fight." I remember yeah. when when we uh, he he came and did some sparring with us. We had our MMA gym down uh, down Monroe Street on uh, a big old building down there, and uh, Todd came and set up a ring, and we had and and he brought you know obviously his kids were coming down there, and he did some sparring with us. And I'll be honest, I mean, if he wouldn't have gotten tackled, literally tackled, (laughs) I mean, he was piecing everybody up. I mean, he was just so smooth, man, and the power that he could generate. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's something you can't teach. You can show people the technique. Zero fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. nobody. Yeah. Yeah. He had the mindset that he could beat everybody. And that's that's something that you just can't do. He was cold. You could see it. Yeah. I love I like him. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's awesome. So before we close out, I have a couple questions. Let's um, go. First off, so, wait, wait, wait. Shout out to Monroe Nutrition one more time. What is the Ziggity Boomer drink? That, that one's the uh, Jolly Rancher. Jolly Rancher. Cheers. Okay, cheers, 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 cheers. Thank you, champ. All right. And shout out to our fourth man in the ring. The fourth man. Yes. The man, Brain Josh, Jerk Josh. Brain Jerk Josh, Josh Moore. I mean, keeps us on track, keeps us, keeps the sound right, keeps everything tight. Yep, absolutely. So first one's a two-part. Um yeah. Who is your all-time favorite boxer, and who is your current favorite boxer, or someone that's currently fighting? Oh, Ali. Ali. Okay. All-time favorite. All-time favorite. Now, do you yeah. believe he's well, the all-time GOAT? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I, I, you, can, you can argue him or Sugar Ray Robinson. Okay. You know, okay. one and two. Sometimes some people have Robinson ones. You, you don't put, you don't put uh, Mayweather up there? No. <laughs> yeah. Not in that category. But Tommy Hearns was always – always been my guy man I, I lived and died tommy hearns growing up if tommy hearns lost the fight i'd cry like a baby yeah yeah um so you know and i, I love the whole Hagler hearns leonard era yeah i'm, I'm hearns is a friend of mine I, it's, it's still surreal to me every once in a while when we're out together and i'm not gonna lie i fanned I, when we went to that fight i remember man walking up you're like oh hey man let me shoot you to tommy hearns and i was like what did you yeah. say? Yeah. And then even yeah. even just recently, yeah. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got you got yeah. Facetime who? James Tony. James Tony. Wait a minute. That's what? Awesome. Like there was a guy that no, and, and I don't want to get into that, but there was a guy that nobody, nobody picked to win any fight. Well, I mean, once he got there, yeah. you know what I mean. But in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. bro, I mean, he was just like a, was an enigma. Man. Yeah. But uh, so so currently, currently, my current fighters, you know, I really like Tyson Fury. Okay. Now, really? I, now, in my heart of hearts, I told my dad this. He couldn't believe it, but then he thought about it more. I said, Tyson Fury in any era against any fighter. I said, he could have beat a guy like Ali, too. Yeah. Wow. Too big. Well, too big. I'm going to say, since he switched training camps, yeah. his early fights, when you watch him, sure. he was he took way too many shots. Mm-hmm. Now, because I know he was down at Kronk, yeah. 
He's and, still with he's still with Sugar Hill, who's Emmanuel's nephew. And so ever since he switched training camps, I can tell you now he's got more upper body movement. He's, he's not taking as many shots. And he's setting down on his punches, taking guys out. Yes. And he's setting got he's using his feints better. Oh. You know what I mean? Like he's he yeah. he'll hit you with the little shoulder shake and then bop, there's a hook. Yeah, yeah. He, you know? Yeah, I mean he's, he's hard to he's hard to read. Yes. And, yeah. You know, and he's big. Yeah. So but I like him. I like oh, I love I love Bud Crawford. Oh yeah. Terrence Crawford. Yeah. That that whole group of guys in yeah. there that, that are avoiding each other right now. Yeah. 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 What about Tank? How you feel about Tank? I like Tank. I like Tank. Davis I think a lot. Tank's gonna. What about Garcia? Garcia. I was just getting oh, ready. I was yeah. about to say. I think so too. I think that's gonna be a great fight. But you know what? Garcia takes too many shots. Did you? I don't think yeah. he's got a chin. Well, I really don't. He he. Nobody's got a chin against Tank. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's a gimme. He hits anybody's chin. They're going to sleep. Yeah. I think that fight's like a seven rounder. Yeah. Seven. I, you know what? I pick six. I'm not gonna lie. So that's gonna be six. And and, and so. But if if Garcia if Garcia. You know, sticks his sticks his chin out there like he yeah. has been. No, no. I, I think his biggest uh, competition in that one thirty five division is going to be uh, Shakur. He's, he's Shakur's going. Shakur's got a good chance of coming out on top. As the, yeah, as the, as the top dog. Yeah. What's the other guy? The other guy I always confuse uh, Haney. Him. Haney. Yeah. yeah, I confuse them too. But yeah, yeah Haney's another. Haney's one. good. But Shakur. Nice. All, I love all. I like all those guys. All good. Anytime any of them are fighting, I'm tuned in. I like that. And then, so my second question, my last question is, for somebody who wants to be successful in any area of life, what would you say their first hour of their morning, of their day should look like? You know, I hear this a lot. I don't always do this. Okay. But they always say the first thing you do when you get up is make your bed. Yeah. Right? Start yeah, your yeah, day yeah. off competing your first task right out the door. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I tried that for a while. It wasn't my thing. <laughs> really but honestly i think i think i think your first hour of your day you should you should be when you go to bed at night you should be thinking about what you're going to be doing in your first hour so every, every everything that you do should be a step ahead mm-hmm. right you should be you should be one day ahead of yeah. everything that you're doing 100% right 100%. you got to plan you got to plan ahead so i really what i would again what i haven't been doing but but to me what the but the best way to start off your morning is as soon as your alarm gets, if you don't have an alarm, some people just wake up on their own body. But if you wake up on your alarm, get up, hit the hit the floor on your knees. Thank God for waking Amen. up first thing in the morning. Amen. I think that's the most important thing. I don't I don't do it, but I think after this show I'm going to start because I need I, I like need that. to start. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Walking what I'm talking right now. Right, right, right. right. Amen. And I yeah. think that's the most important thing you do is you get up and give God thanks for waking you up and thanks for the day and get ready to take the day into action. Let him lead your steps. Yeah, right? but I mean, I, I I myself, I always just I use my first hour. I get my coffee in me, and I get you know. But I I, I start planning out what my day is going to be, and I try to do it in do it in steps. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I try to. I like when I leave my house in the morning. I like for there not to be a dish in the sink. Or, yep. Or, yep. or, or uh, anything in the washer or the dryer. Everything. Yeah. You know, I like to leave clean and ready to go. So when I come back home, I don't have to ruin or not ruin but take time to do stuff that should be done before you leave yeah yeah so i i don't know i mean it's just everybody has their own way of how they get their day started mm-hmm. but i guess the most important thing to me is get out of bed and give god thanks for the start to the day but amen up, that'd be the best start. absolutely all yeah. praise to the most high dude that's awesome that's yeah. awesome champ man i can't thank you oh, enough. pleasure man yeah, thank, thank you for having so me it, it was great the I, energy in the room's great thank man. you guys yeah and I, I love i love hearing the stories i love you know reminiscing and going back and remembering 
Man, it's fun. You know, it is. It's fun, man. It's fun. But I want to thank you for being here. So, guys, once again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, you know, my name's Tino. This I'm Jeff. Jeff. Kobe. Let's go. Boss Talk. Uncensored. All right, we're out of here. Boss Talks, keep it uncensored. It's all hard. You could be from all walks. Come tune in the Boss Talks. Got that horse ball. Hop the McBride. I'm ready to dominate.